You're listening to the Selling Social Podcast, and we're your hosts. I'm Laren Kelly. And I'm Sydney Lish. We're two entrepreneurs turned best friends, pulling back the curtain and taking you behind the scenes to show you what it really takes to build wildly successful brands. You'll learn tools, tips, and strategies from top industry trailblazers that are paving the way in the world of social selling and building brands online. This podcast is for you if you sell a product, a service, or your expertise. We are Selling Social. You ready? Let's get it. All right, fam, we are here today with Tracy Dixon, KYGO morning show host and TV host of CBS Denver. And she actually knew literally in the beginning at 11 years old what she wanted to do, that she wanted to be in this industry. And today's conversation is so amazing. So she's actually been with KYGO Denver for over seven years years and now does the show with her best friend Brian McFadden Um, and through her time she's been CMA and ACM nominated for major market personality of the year which is such a huge honor and she's been a winner of personality of the year with Colorado Broadcasters Association and she just continues to grow. She actually also has a TV that show that's been developing called Heels Kitchen, where it's all about cooking and it's we, we talk all about it in this episode but you guys Tracy I felt like I was just talking to myself. It was, she's so amazing. She has such a great energy, such a great personality and someone that's so different on this show because normally we're talking about people who are only focused on selling their product service or expertise online, but she actually does this all through radio and talk show hosting. So she's interviewed literally hundreds of of very extremely influential and famous people. And so to get her input and just to get her input on social media and showing up professionally in a really male dominated industry was so amazing and so incredible. So Tracy, we're so grateful that you came on the show. Uh, And without further ado, we're going to just dive right in. I was, I was okay. chatting with Laren. I'm like, I don't know anything about this industry. And so I'm just so genuinely curious to like hear your story. And I know you said at like such a young age, you were in like exposed to it and then you just yeah. wanted to be a part of it. So I'd love for you to kind of break that down a little bit. Sure. So, you know, in, in the little town that I grew up in, we didn't have radio, you know, I mean, we had a station, but it was like farm markets. And, uh, you know, it was like, honestly, the obituary reports, like they would do things like that, that were like news related for the community. And so I was never exposed to like a morning show until I was 11. And we moved from that small town to Minneapolis and I was getting ready for like, it was one of my first days of school. And I heard this morning show and and I'd always been kind of this I hate to say odd kid, but kind of like, you know, like a girl that was like, I was always really creative and wanted to be funny. And I was obsessed with like stand up comedy. And, you know, like other girls were like, we don't, we play Barbies. Yeah. That's that's their own thing, you know, but I was sort of like, oh, yeah, have you, do you know who Howie Mandel is? Um, And so as soon as I moved to Minneapolis and I heard a morning show, I was like, that's, that's it. And it was, and, Mm. and I, hope that my kids have a moment like that, but it's so rare to have a moment like that, that that was my career path from that time on. That's, that's the only thing I focused on. So it made it a really easy decision. Like when it came to like school, Yes, <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was just something that I had never been exposed to before. And it was so much fun. I just heard people having fun. And yet one of the things I noticed even at a young age, that's still so important with radio is the same thing in that small town. It was community. And so all of a sudden, when you heard them talking about, like, and it was a top 40 show that I heard, and it was like, oh, um, you know, Madonna had a baby, and they're talking about, like, the name of the baby, and is, and they're all, like, having this fun conversation, but then all of a sudden, you hear them say something about, like, oh, in Minneapolis, on this highway, there's this, this is going on, and you're like, I know where that is. Yes. <laughs> you know? you just be, like, there was this connection. It's the same thing here in Denver. You know, like, you just, being involved in, in the community is always going to be the most important thing. Totally. No, I love that so much. So now for the people listening, like give a breakdown, obviously you came from like small town in Minneapolis or Minnesota. And now where are you? Like, what do all do you have going on? Obviously you're a pretty big physical presence on KYGO in Denver and then also on Instagram as well. Yeah. So I I think, um, with the morning show on KYGO that, that started about seven and a half years ago. And, um, 
you know, I came, I, I did a small stay in Madison, Wisconsin, um, after starting radio in Minnesota and, um, just kind of getting here and finding my way. And it's such a big market. I was so scared. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, it was like the first time in, in my career where I was like, am I ready for this? Am I going to be good enough for this? Like I've never even, nobody in my family, like, cause it is so small has lived outside the state. So they're all like very dramatic about it. You know, you're like, you're leaving. It's basically yeah. you're dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, the, my mom still goes, she lives across the country. <laughs> it's like, you're like, it's mom, okay. I live two States away. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's very dramatic. Um, and so coming here, I like the first couple of weeks, all of a sudden I get this phone call and it was, um, it was Fox and they, they were doing an everyday show at the time. And, uh, they're like, Hey, could you fill in on TV? We saw, we saw you on social media. And I was like, okay, you know, um, I totally would. And so all of a sudden when I went into TV, it was, it happened so fast where it's like, we were developing the morning show. And then I kept getting callback things for TV. And then I would do an ad for somebody on TV or something like that. And so it's kind of been a blend now of the morning show is my, is my absolute baby. And it's the love of my life. And I, I work with my now, I mean, he's my best friend and, um, I, I love where I'm, I'm so happy with where I'm at and the TV thing just started to happen. And it's been so much fun to expand and, I think, you, you know, like you get it too, like with creativity, it doesn't stop. Like your brain doesn't ever stop. So that's no. why it's like, when you can keep expanding, it's for yourself too. And just because you like, you can't just sit still. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I woke up at like one in the morning last night and I was up for an hour, just like thinking about things in business. And when you're excited about it and when you're passionate about what you do, it's, it's impossible to turn your brain off. Right. It's right. Impossible. Okay, I so totally I, agree. I love that. So you're also in TV and Heels Kitchen. Is that the name of? Yes. Okay. Um, talk about this because I'm super curious. <laughs> so Heels Kitchen was also another thing where I was like, I love to cook all the time. And so I, I was going to redo my kitchen because I wanted it to, to set up my certain way. And I've just gotten like cooking has become something that again, it's like, Oh, I wonder if I create this or if I change this up just a little bit, it was just something that I enjoyed so much. So I'm like, I should do like little videos and pop them up on Instagram or pop them up on Facebook. And then they started to get shared so much. that so I'm like, why don't I just do like a, like a show, like a, you know, three or four minute show. And it's not like it's, you know, like on food network, they're cooking like four or five different things. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. focused on one thing. And it became like, again, it became one of those things where like people shared it and loved it. And, and it was because it was in my kitchen, it was one take, you know? So, so there's a screw up you keep going or if there are, you know, like I spill all the time. I'm the messiest cook ever. Yes. I'm like, leave it in, like leave all of that in. And, and just the realness too, of it being in my home. And if one of my kids makes a noise, it's all, it's all part of life. And I, I'm excited because that sort of gains some momentum too with like this year, there's going to be some new opportunities coming with that. So I love that. And is that targeted towards like teaching? Was it like busy moms how to like prepare meals really easily for their kids and their family or like, who's the target demographic for that show? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And moms. And I always think like if whatever I'm making, I would serve to my kids and I know kids can be picky. I know that kids, you know, like they can hate certain vegetables. And so we always try to focus on health um, and stuff that they will eat, you know, and the things that you can find, like, have you ever watched a cooking show and they're like, and then if you go to the specialty foods and this spice and it's like $17 for, yeah, I'm like, I've never even heard of that. I can't do that. Yeah. Done substitute for, I, okay. I have to watch your show because I am the worst cook on the planet and cooking for one is weird. Yeah. I, I bet, you know, I think that's going to be really hard for me sometimes is because I, I have all boys here. Um, they can eat, you know, yeah. so, like cooking for one would be much different. Cause I'm a bulk buyer at Costco over. Yeah, over. no, I like my food goes bad so quick, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely check out your show because that sounds amazing. Yeah, um, please do. so good. So actually I'm curious with that. And this is something Laren and I touched on a little bit before this. Um, we were really curious with like being on, on air and then also on social media, like, do you ever feel restrictions or are there restrictions as far as like what kind of content you can post? Like I know with a lot of 
corporate jobs. It's like, oh, I don't want to post that because my boss will see it. And you are a public figure and you're on the radio. So what, like, what has been your experience over the years with that being an influencer and an influencer on air? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's easier, I think, than it might seem sometimes because it, it goes along with what would I want my kids to see this post or, you know, like, am I being true to who I am or I'm just trying to, you know, get a sponsor for whatever mm-hmm. it may be? Like, would I actually promote this product or would I, do I actually like this product? And I've said no to, to a lot of things too, um, just because it's stuff that I, I don't believe in, I don't stand behind. And, and, you know, on the radio, we get sold for endorsements and, and you know, so anytime you hear me on the radio say like, Hey, it's Tracy. And I, you know, like that's a, that's an endorsement. And, um, that's a, a contract that you have with a company. So I've always said no to, um, industries where it's like, Hey, um, suck the fat out of you here. And this isn't like everybody's into their own thing, but it's not like, I don't want women to ever feel like, like someone's capitalizing on an insecurity, if that makes sense. So I always want to like, if I, like right now I'm, t- I'm talking about a health place and it's the only one I agree to because it's truly like science-based. And if you want to live a healthier life, this is the one I would say is the best choice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to work out, this is where I would say to go, because I, I truly love this place. I've, you know, there's a lot of places I've been like, I don't think this is going to be a good fit because I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody to do this. I went to a place one time. This is a true story. I went to a place one time and it was, um, and they wanted to do one of these procedures where it's like magic and you're supposed to go on and be like, it's magic. And they're like, everybody buy it. And I'm sitting in this meeting in a business meeting with three men and one of them, and the owner goes, I mean, you know, clearly you've got a great body. Just, just stand up and turn around. I was like, stop it. I go, no. And he's like, well, I mean, we're going to need to take some like before and after, but for you, we'll just use after pictures. So I'll need to take some pictures of you. So just, just stand up. And I was like, this meeting is over. And I was like, and I said, no. And I'm like, this is not something, this is exactly what they want. They want someone to go, I don't feel good about myself. Uh, and, the, and me to come on the air and be like, Hey, if you don't look good, you should buy this. I'm like, well, I'm never going to do that. They're so used to that being their target demographic that they think that the people promoting it will be the same way where they're like, the integrity goes out the window. Right. Right. So you have to protect yourself in that way. And the same kind of with my Instagram, where it's like, if I'm just throwing things at people that I don't believe in, it's just going to be like, she's just, you know, Mm -hmm. alcohol is a big thing. You know, um, we do have like with my company, there are certain rules with, you know, you're not going to ever see me like, um, consume, you know, like things like that. Like you you do have to be a little bit careful with that. Cause also like, if you make a mistake as a human being, and then they can go to your social media and it looks like you're somebody that you're not. Yeah. It's easy to make, you know, like assumptions on who you might be or what your lifestyle might be. Well, especially in the public eye, it's your, your reputation is everything. And yeah. it's, it's, it's something I actually was talking about with a friend the other day. I was like, it's this weird dichotomy in 2021 where it's like, be you and don't hide who you are and be yourself, but really watch what you do because you're in the public eye. And it's such a weird way to live life because you feel like you're maybe hiding parts of your life or you just have to be so in alignment and in congruency with what you believe and what you stand for. And I think that's something I really get a vibe off of you in that way. Oh, good. I'm glad that you do. Cause it's, it's something that I am really careful with. And the other thing is, is that some, you know, like people, people do go to your page and they see your pictures and they can make assumptions about your life so much. So where it was like, I keep my personal life really protected on that. And, and, and it's to the point where like two of my sons have said, like, I don't want to be on your social wow. media. And then the other one loves it. He thinks it's so fun. And so I'm very careful with what I show. I'll get things like, how come if apparently you only love one of your kids or, um, you never <laughs> show pictures of your husband. And it's like, yeah, cause they don't, they don't want, they don't want to be on it so bad, you know, like, totally. well, and I, I also, I, I really believe that when you're selling a product or a service or your expertise or yourself, it's like, you get to choose what people see and, and people are always going to make assumptions about yeah. that. Do you, do you feel a pressure being in your industry, um, to either like stay in your spot and like, keep keep what you have going, going. Um, and also to like show up every single day with good energy and like 
I know Laren and I talk about this all the time. It's like to show up and do a podcast, it takes energy. It takes like yeah. focus and it takes planning for you every single day, day in and day out. Do you feel that pressure or is it just something that you've kind of built the callus for? Um, a little bit of both. I think uh, it gets really, it can get very mentally exhausting sometimes because when a show is done, it's done. Like that, you did a really great interview and you might've put an hour worth of work into like a three and a half minute interview. And you know, like putting together a podcast, it's, there is so much behind the scenes work that goes into it that isn't seen. Like, I think there's this misconception that you kind of just show up and if you can talk, you just do it. And it's like, no, not really. There's, there's a lot more that goes wish. So, Yeah. And so I, I do feel the pressure, but I also feed off of it sometimes too, to keep getting better. But I think that's why, that's why like at the end of the day, it, the Instagram might look like this very sexy lifestyle. I'm not talking like sexy. I'm talking like just, she's always doing really fun yeah. things. I can promise you it was pajamas at four o'clock last night, making my kids school lunch. And just like, I don't want to be anywhere, but here right now, you know? Yeah. And so it's definitely a balance that I need. And it was kind of growing in myself too, and realizing what that balance was. And Hey, I, I say no, and I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel bad anymore to say no, mm. or just, you know, it always did for a long time. Cause I think I can, I can speak for myself, but like as a young, young woman or a young girl growing up in a, a small little town, you didn't say, you just didn't like, you never, that was like disrespectful. Yeah. You were like, whatever. Okay. I'll do it. You know? <laughs> like, and now I was just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Our upbringings are really similar. I grew up in a small town in Montana. And so it's very, very similar upbringing, but it, it's so true. We talk a lot about boundaries. How do you determine like what's a yes and what's a no for you? And like, are, are you really strict with if it doesn't move my vision forward, I don't do it. Are you really good with like the balance of having fun? Like, where do you draw the line for yourself? So um, professionally, I think with the boundaries, it's it's so easy to get caught up in, in um, getting that next thing, you know, and like getting that sort of that high off of like the next success story or the next like, oh, I just signed this deal or I did this or I did this. And then it started to become too much and I wasn't enjoying any of it. And I wasn't um, being true to any of the partnerships that I had. I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't being true to the show. I was exhausted all the time. So now it's like, that didn't drive me. The money of that didn't drive me. What drives me is having the time to shut off and to just be like in my own space and comfortable with who I am. And that, and it sounds like so cliche. Like it sounds like an Oprah episode sometimes. That's great. <laughs> Part of God wants to feel. Yeah. Like as soon as I found that I'm like, there is nothing that can replace this. And I've had job opportunities to come up where they can throw a high, they can keep going. Well, here's the offer. Here's the offer. Here's the offer. And there was a moment in my life where I was, I was, uh, I went to Nashville and I was in between deciding what I wanted to do. And there was kind of a, there was a, bit, a decent enough difference in money. And I, I was standing in the Nashville airport and I was coming back to Denver and this other market was the one on my mind, you know, that was, that kept coming in higher. And I thought if somebody came up to me and said, I'm going to give you that money right now up front to never go back to Denver, would you do it? I'm like, that money would be nothing. Like it would, it would be gone. I would spend it on whatever it would go to paying off a, you know, a couple of bills or whatever. And then I would never get to go back to Denver. And from that moment on, that's kind of how I started to make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, if it, what really mattered, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. It's so true. And I, and it's, I think the more and more success people start to have in business or in life, it's like, you really realize that nothing beats having like a sense of security and just a peace of mind that you're living in integrity. And I think yes. especially on social media, there's so much like out of integrity and people just promoting stuff to promote stuff right. and being a part of things that they're probably not in alignment with their higher self or their higher vision. And they do it because it pays them a little bit of cash or it pays off their credit card bills or whatever it may be. And I, I think you're such a good role model in that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Cause it's not always a popular, you know, it's not, when I, when I do say no to things, there's somebody behind that, that is, you know, that maybe is trying to sell me for that. And that could make a commission off of that. And I take that seriously too, but that's where the boundaries comes in. We, we didn't, you know, we touched on that a little bit, but you know, I, I, I didn't want to just feel like I was a talking head for them to just sell because it was easy and clients got results. I wanted it truly to be, um, what, you know, what I, 
what I believed and protect my integrity, that sometimes has led to people going, she's not going to do this, or she's not, it might be, you know, <laughs> she might be difficult with this. It's like, I'm okay with that now. It used to bother me because I was a little bit more sensitive to it, but now it's, you know, what, what did you really want me for in the first place? Did you, do you want me to believe in what I'm selling for you? Or do you want to make that quick buck yourself? Cause I can't, I can't be a part of that. Totally. Okay. So I'm, I'm very curious at 11 years old, you decided you wanted to be in this industry that you're in and now it's decades later. Yeah. What happened in between there? Like what level of work did it take for you to become masterful in what you do? Because I think it's like, we skip from like, this is when I decided and now I'm here and I've achieved all the, you know, X, Y, Z, what yeah. level of work did it take? Like how, what were some of your like hardest times? So definitely when I moved back for my very first radio job to the town that I grew up in. And I was the one who was doing the farm markets and reading them. Like I had to learn how to read them. And then I remember I had to write the obituaries like, Ugh. and I had to report them. So like, when you hear me talking to Jason Aldean or Luke Bryan, there's obituary report writing that I did. Literally. <laughs> and so that's probably like the most humbling where my shift on the air was nine hours in the beginning, nine hours. And it was all, and you're like stuff. on it the whole time. <laughs> it was like, like, you couldn't do anything personality-based. It was like <sighs> the weather report, the farm report, the obituary report. It's like fact, <laughs> fact, 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 fact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and like, oh, the, this church is having a spaghetti supper at this time. And like, and I think like that, you know, like I was like so excited to be there and I always wanted to keep that feeling. And then I, I mean, even before that, I started interning at a radio station, that, that station that I got so inspired by. As soon as I could drive, I was like, can I work for free? Can I do this? Can I, can I host your promotions or go out to a concert and throw out t-shirts? I didn't care. I just wanted to be a part of it. And then from that point on, it was, I got hired in Rochester, Minnesota. And then that's kind of where like, I locked it down with the family for a long time and thought maybe, maybe the small town is for me and I could do kind of a fun morning show, you know? And it was, it wasn't like artist interviews and stuff, but it was, it was fun enough. And then it was Madison, Wisconsin. And within like two years, less than two years from Madison, it was Denver. So there's, there's 20 years of time that was spent developing, you know, finding my own voice. And, and seven of those years are here, but I, I think um, I had a great consultant tell me, he's like, you cannot be mushy middle, whether people love you or hate you for what you're about to say no one will remember you if you say nothing, you know? So just, yeah. you know, like no one wants to go on and be like confrontational or whatever, but it's like, if you have an opinion on something, I don't censor myself. I do it respectfully. And, and I think that you probably picked that up for me that if, if I disagree with somebody, I'll be like, Oh, I was thinking X, Y, Z, and here's why, but that's cool. You know, mm -hmm. and it becomes engaging conversations. That skill is so much harder for me, I guess that was so much harder than I thought it was going to be to learn and to, to practice every day. Totally. And that's the thing. I think there's a lot of ego when people are getting started in an industry and they're like, well, I don't want to be at the bottom. I don't want to be like scrubbing the toilets and delivering coffee, but that's where it starts. Yeah. For so many people, even if you're, you do own your own business and you're starting your own business, like you have to do all the nitty gritty stuff before you get to be like the Tracy you are now. I love that you said that because it's one of, it's one of my favorite lines because we see it and we'll see it in the industry now where it's like, people will want to come in and, and be like, well, I don't want to work a weekend or how come she doesn't work weekends or how come he doesn't work weekends. And it'll be like, because we've done to get here, we've done weekends for a long time. And I always say, when you work really hard and someone comes at you, you want what I have, do what I do. And that's not, that's not ego. That's just time that's put in. Yep. You want this you have to do, you have to do four o'clock wake-ups every day for 20 years. You have to spend hours writing a show and producing it. And, you know, these interviews that we have, we spend a lot of time writing them and then I'm the one who edits them. And I'll be the one like that behind the scenes stuff. I still have a hand in the cooking show. I still have a hand in like where I want the edits, where I want it to be. Cause it's you and it's your product. So I don't, you know, it's a, it's a grind every day that again, gets looked at as like a four hour job and super fun and, and all these really fun things, which it is, but there is four times as many hours off the air, making sure that you're doing it the right way. What's well, the work that you put in when no one's watching that like, yeah. they, they assume it never gets put in and you're yeah. putting it in for years and years and years and years and years. What, did, what advice would you give? I have actually a ton of women I need to connect you with that are like 
in different parts of the country, but are, are getting into your industry. And, and I should, I should connect you with them because I think you'd be such a great role model for them. But what advice would you give to someone who's looking to get into broadcasting or looking to get into um, an industry and, and how to really excel at it? Um, I think exactly like, exactly going back to how, how we started and knowing and understanding that not only when you start at the bottom, is it, is it what people respect? You don't have to, cause you, you know, if you got a job right at the top right away, like, cool, that's good, but respect the process. Cause you learn so much in that process. And I think that's kind of what's missing sometimes is, you know, we can, we can go and, and get an education for it or try to do an internship somewhere. And maybe it's a little bit short, but that process of exploring years and years and years of relationships with your coworkers, relationships with your boss, how to communicate with other people that are in the industry, how to learn the people in your industry. Like there's artists that I can go on. And if we have a Luke Bryan on the show, I can be like, Hey, how are you? And he can talk for five minutes. Yes. I have an air church on the show. You better have 50 questions ready for him. Cause he's a yes, no guy. <laughs> you know? like, Isn't that, that's so interesting. It's so true. You never, like, you never know what you're going to get. Right. Right. So, so I think good. just like all of that time where you're comfortable with, um, you're comfortable with your surroundings and knowing that you can handle yourself in those rooms with those people or on the phone with those people. And you're the one that's running the interview and you're the one that's in charge, you know? Yep. Would you say your industry is male predominant? Yes. Okay. What, about much. what percentage would you say? I would say about 75%. Okay. How do you feel about that? What's your experience been with I, all of that? Like positive or negative? I've, well, there's definitely been both. And so I feel like I'm in a really positive place right now. Like I'd mentioned, I work with, with Brian McFadden, who is one of my best friends in the entire world. And he, he had a, a kind of a similar start that I had. And then he ended up going to TV and MTV and all these like really cool things too. But at the end of the day, we're both small town kids that have a great connection with each other. So I look at that relationship and that's fantastic. And it's, it's so great. And he's so supportive of our show and what we do together and in, in equality. He's going to be my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Then I look at many times in my career, especially coming up where you feel like you have to speak six, seven, eight times as loud just to be heard a little bit. And the amount of, the amount of times where I would go in and say like, Hey, I have this idea. I have this idea. I have this idea. And then, Hey, can we explore that? It's like, why are you being so pushy or why are you being, you know, there's a stereotype that is definitely true that still is in our industry of, I, you know, I had somebody tell me in this, this is a a former coworker in Denver where something crazy happened, much like that meeting that I was telling Mm -hmm. you about where it's stand up and spin around. Um, And I was, I was saying like, look, I, I, they might be upset with me, but I have to say no. And the response was, why don't you just go in? You're a sweet girl. Just be your sweet self. And like, just ask for forgiveness. And I was like, are we serious right now? Oh my like, God. That is, are you, and I said, I'm like, are you actually saying these words to me? How, so, how is this even happening still? You know? So and the, crazy. It's not a big deal. Just relax. Just relax. Yeah. And like, oh, go handle this. You know? <laughs> okay. So I have a follow-up question on this then because you are very feminine, but you're also in, you have to be in a masculine energy. Like, I think it's really important for women to hear this from you, whether they're in their own business or whatever, like trying to make their way and pave their way in, in entrepreneurship. How do you balance having a feminine like twist on being in a masculine space without being a bitch or being too feminine or too emotional? Like what is, what does that look like? It's, um, I don't know if I've mastered that all the time yet. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. always a process because, but the other thing is, is like I said, I was, I've become okay with saying no, I've become okay. If somebody is like, oh, I heard she's a bitch or I heard she's the, cause I, I know I'm not, I'm actually this really sweet, sensitive kid that grew up in a farm town mm-hmm. that just learned that if I don't say no, no one's going to say no, you know, I'm in an industry where they will take whatever they can yeah. from you. You know, if, if they like if they keep throwing it at you and you keep saying, yes, one, it cheapens you too. It's going to wear you out and you're going to have no creativity left to give. And I also think I, you know, saying things now where, you know, that just, just recently I, w- I called it out. I'm like, Hey, I feel disrespected when I have said this three times and it's been dismissed. I'm a valuable employee, you know, and like mm-hmm. taking even the 
word man or woman out. Just I'm an invaluable employee. Am I being heard with this? And do can you help me or should I go somewhere else with it? Mm-hmm. And calling it out and just having to be okay with it because I think also as soon as you give a little bit and you kind of do that, if I would have giggled and said, oh, I'll go back in and be my sweet self and ask for forgiveness. I was like, hell no, I'm not the one that needs to be forgiven. Like yeah. you need to be questioning what they're doing and how, what their thought process is right now. You totally. know, totally. I, that's, some, that's, I think the best valuable tip I've been given as a female entrepreneur is like, whatever anyone says about you, whether they say you're a bitch or whether they say you're doing whatever on social media, it's like, as long as you know the truth about you and who you are, that's all that matters. And as- exactly. Like I, I am, Eminem said it. I am whatever you say I am. But, but at the end of the day, I know who I am. And I'm, I'm happy with, you know, I'm happy with the life that I've built. And I'm happy with, you know, knowing that I, not, not always, because when I was young, I didn't always speak my mind. I was learning it. And there's times I look back and I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have, I wish I was the Tracy I was now, you know, and I could mm-hmm. go back and make that right. But to girls that are coming up in this industry, know that that's going to happen. So there's two things that I see starting in this industry is, is when you start in, I think that sometimes people want to jump in a little bit too early and they haven't done that process where you're learning more than you think you are with your own skills. And, and two, it is when you get into this, you're not ready, rightfully so, for sometimes some of the BS that can be thrown at you. Because this is the entertainment industry. You hear stories of actors and actresses and, and singers and all this, and you go, oh my God, I can't believe that happens. And it's like, oh, it, it does. I mean, you have to look at like, you know, our, our station got or like Taylor Swift had this big, huge trial. It was a guy that used to work at our station. That's all very public. And it was like, like, that was crazy to be, to hear about. And like, yeah, that kind of stuff does happen where he was found guilty of grabbing her ass. Totally. You know, like Like a huge scandal, you know, it was like the craziest thing, but it's like, yeah, there's definitely people in this industry that, that you hear some pretty crazy stories about. So you have to really check yourself too, when you get into it, because a lot of things can come easy and you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to get into that routine. Yeah, no, totally. So, okay. So for you, what are some of the ways, like, do you have any practices on protecting your energy? Like whether it's for, you know, going on a long, like nine hour day, or just like going into the office and, and working with people, like, what are some ways that you don't let other people's energy affect your energy and affect your performance. So I took, um, I'm a huge orange theory fan. Like they don't pay, like I, I go there, they don't pay me to say like, I go there and I love orange like, this theory. is not sponsored people. Yeah. No, it's not. But I was like, <laughs> that is, that is my time where, um, and the reason I like it so much because it works for me is because I'm looking at myself in a mirror and I'm competing with myself and I'm holding myself accountable at that moment. So I feed off of things like that, where it's me against me and there's nothing, nothing else to do with it, but being in that moment. So I find that that's like when I'm most focused. And then when I'm, so in my daily routine is like, everything is given to work in the beginning of the day. You know, when I get up really early and I'm constantly figuring out what's going on in Denver and what's, you know, how are we going to talk about this? Social media, all of that. As soon as orange theory happens, I come home, my kids come home from school and then it's shut it down. You know, and so that is, that is how I protect my energy at the end of the day. It's my bed, it's reading, it's a glass of tea or a glass of wine sometimes. And it's, and it's just like being, just going over the day in my head. The other thing is like, I, I have to stick to a routine. I'm a routine person. I don't know if you are like, I, and then if like one or two things get thrown off in the routine on a busy day, I'm like game over. Reset. I might as well just restart the day. I need to go this to the tomorrow. worst thing ever. Right? <laughs> no, I, I'm the same way. If it like is off my schedule, it just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I know. Or it's like something was supposed to be at three and they're like, Hey, can we move this to three 30? And you're like, but wait, no. Cause you're like, that four. literally throws off my month. I was like, I can't. <laughs> so, like, so I, that's, that's still something that's a challenge for me, but like, you have to just kind of let it go yeah, and go with the flow a little bit, but Hey, it's, it's, it's tough. Like with anything where I think, um, like always being on in the morning, it's, it's natural. Like I do like to entertain and I, it's, 
part of my day, but then like my kids all think I'm a total nerd and like they, you know, they don't go to concerts with me or they don't. So they look at me as just mom. So that is so important in my life. And I need that more than as, you know, as much as they can say, like mom's a dork. I need that because it balances me out. Like when I go to their sporting events and you know, it's always kind of funny because if I go to the sporting events and somebody recognizes me or comes and wants to talk about the show, it's, it's flattering, but I'm always like, Hey, I would love to like chat about it. Like after the game or something, let's, which one's your boy? Like, which one let's look at, you know, I always want to focus, focus. On, <laughs> on them. Like this moment of like being in it with these guys. And, and I, that's just how I make sure I'm always the, the real Tracy, you know, yeah. Yeah. you can get caught up. You can get caught up in it like pretty easy. I don't look like mm-hmm all the pictures on Instagram. Like when I was in pajamas the other night. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's it's probably like the worst thing to look at your own accolades, positive or negative, like the feedback you're getting from people, because it takes you out of your, what you're doing and what you're focusing on and what got you to where you are going. That's tough. That is really tough. And it, it, do you catch yourself? I catch myself in it sometimes where like you post a picture and you go back 20 minutes later to see who's liked it or to see who's. And you're like, why? But, and then yeah, I'm like, why am I, why am I feeling? But then like, yeah, it feels good. So should I feel, but what about, but who didn't like it? What about, whoa, and then yes. a spiral happens. Like get it together. hundred <laughs> percent. No, I mean, social media has changed so much of the way we do things. And I know for me and, and Laren as well, we've really been protective with our time on like social media and checking like feedback and, and comments and all that stuff. Cause it, it changes how you feel about whatever you just put up. And that's, that's not what the creative process is about. You yeah. Know? Um, it's crazy for me. is like, is like, if, if I do something that somebody doesn't like, they call my boss. Like if I, I was on a hike last you're year, like, bring it to the source guys. Like, it is the weirdest thing. Like what other industry can you be in where you're on a hike in April? I remember like last April, it was like the height of like quarantine. Well, I was outside and it was a open hike and somebody's like, she should be fired for this. I'm like, you want me to lose my job because I went hiking and like what other industry, like if you saw somebody like your favorite barista on a hike, are you calling Starbucks going, she should be fired. It's it, it, no, it, no, it's really fascinating. One of my really good girlfriends in the Northwest, she's on the news and she'll post things sometimes about like people making like, like calling her boss about her shirt that she wore and how it's like. Yeah not, I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) there's, it's a whole nother level when you're in the like quote unquote public eye, but yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird sometimes. So with that in the last seven years, cause you've been with this, you've been with KYGO for seven years, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And with that, with social media becoming more prevalent, what has changed? Like from before, I mean, seven years ago, social media was like still a thing, but it wasn't what it is now. Like how has that changed what you do and, and the amount of listeners you have and, and all of that. It's such an easy way and great way for us to interact with people. It's almost like a text message with Mm -hmm. people where they feel like they can truly like communicate with you. And it's a little more intimate of, of communicating. It's the number one way listeners communicate with us back in the day. It was like, Hey, call the request line. People don't do that anymore. Like if you hear callers on the show, it's, it's not like our lines are lit up all the time. It's one or two people that'll call. The number one way people are communicating is DMs on Instagram and not even on, on Facebook as much. Facebook is, their insights are a little, I mean, you know, that you're great at social media. Like it's just a different audience that you're reaching. But with, um, with Instagram, we use it to promote the show. We use it to promote ourselves, right? But it's also changed in the business that we're in where like who owns what? So who owns this and who owns the right to do this? And if this person wants to work with me, but they're not working with a station, is it like, there are some things of like, they, somebody might want my brand or my Instagram, and then it's not a client that we've dealt with there. So there's, there, it's kind of a little bit of the wild west right now in some industries where contractually who owns what, right. and then at the end of the day, you're sort of like, it's a, it's a, also just a picture on Instagram you know, and that's another one of the ways too, where people coming up in this industry right now need to need to protect themselves. Um, cause again, people will take what they can from you and protecting like, no, this is, you know, my image is my image. If you want to buy my, you know, the right to my image or the right to, um, the show that I would do, then let's get into this contract together. And I think, you know, that's so crazy. Cause like it started as this little girl that just wanted to like have 
fun on the radio. And then all this business stuff behind mm-hmm. the scenes that came with it. And it's not like I went to, you know, like business school. I didn't, I, yeah. I wanted to. You never went to school on like how to sell yourself and how to like, no. yeah. Isn't that like it doesn't even, it, it didn't even exist. It's crazy. Back in the day. And so we are making social media it is right now in real time. Yeah. We are changing the way all of this goes just moment by moment on how it, on how it works and how you mm-hmm. can sell yourself or brand yourself. Um, yeah. and, but it's also great. Like, it's so great for us. We go on Insta faster than anything to say Darius Rucker's on the show tomorrow or whoever's on the show tomorrow. Well, and everyone is notified. They don't have to be listening to the show to know, to then hop on the next day. Right. Right. So, so I, cool. I love it. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like feeding a monster sometimes, but I wouldn't trade it. Totally. what's your number one tip for selling yourself as a, as an entity? Like you are a brand. What, because this, this podcast is all about people who are selling their expertise, you know, a a physical product, whatever it may be, but what's your like number one tip for selling yourself as a human being? Definitely stay true to your integrity. Do not sell something that you don't believe in. Cause it's, it's just, it's an, it's going to be an icky feeling for you. It's going to be an icky feeling for the client. Your, your followers aren't going to get a good vibe off of it. So if something doesn't feel right, trust your gut that, that lady knows what's up. You know, like if you're not into this, you do not have to make that money right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to make that money at all. You know, you can do something else. Um, you can, you can, and if you can't do something else, think of something else to do. Yep the way that you would sell yourself and then push it through. Like when I thought of this, when I thought of this cooking show, it wasn't like people were like, here's money to do this. You know, like I was like, no, I believe in this. You should do this and and push for what you believe in and say, say what you want, you know? Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't take that deal, that's awesome. I've been told no way more than I've been told yes in this business, but keep pushing through because if you really believe in it, someone else is going to do. So you can't ever expect someone else to be as passionate about your dreams as you are. Yes. You are leading that charge. Why would, I'm not as passionate about anybody else's dreams as they are, you know, you want to support them. You have friends that you love, you have your kids, you have your husband, you have, you know, you want everybody to succeed, but no one else is going to do this for you. So stay true to who you are and say what, say what you believe and say what you want and say no to what you don't. Yes. And, and I think the, the point of, of you've gotten told no so many more times than you've been told. Yes. I know that's every entrepreneur's experience is like your, if you want to reach success, you just have to get your nose really fast, get your nose as fast as possible, get as many as you can. So you can find the yeses and that's how you find success. It's so true. Like artists will tell you the same thing. It's so fascinating to know, like when you get to know some of these big artists that are so famous right now, who told them no, like Luke Bryan was going to quit. Uh, Luke Holmes, who's got numerous number ones, was told so many times that like, you're never going to be a singer. Like you're mm-hmm. a songwriter. Eric Church carries in his back pocket when he goes on stage, a list of people that told him no, or turned him down. I just got and, chills up my spine. Yeah. Isn't that cool? He just, oh, and it's so not, dope. yeah, it's just not to be, it's just, just for him to mm-hmm. drive him and know that like, I'm about to go perform for 40, 50, 60,000 people, Super Bowl, you know, like national knows. anthem. These people told me no, and it's not an F you to them. It's, it's a good job to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I oh love my that. God. That's so inspiring. Okay. Okay. A few, a couple more questions. And I'll let you go. So those, yeah. with all of the people you've interviewed or talked to, who's like the, not even the number one, like most famous, but the number one that like really resonated with you. And what was it that they said that just like really landed for you? Um, there's, there's so like, there's so many that bring me like different things in different ways. Dirk Spentley is such an incredible person that I love talking to him where it's like, we've become able to talk about like our families and, you know, he's a diver and like all of these, you get to know him enough to actually have like offline conversations with him. And he's so real that I think I, I connect with him because there's so many things I see in him that I do, you know, you're not hearing mm-hmm. about Dirk Spentley, like doing all these big parties or doing whatever you're watching him ski and tell you ride and joke about how he's like a hoarder with his kids junk, you know, and he's such a real person. And I picked that up from him. There's, there's, you know, there's Eric church who I, who's a, can be a tough interview, mm-hmm. but I hear things like that. And he's the most passionate person about what he does. He's the person that's going to be called a dick. I wouldn't. Cause I like, it. but you know what I mean? He's the person that somebody be like, Oh, I heard he's going to be, no, he's awesome. Yeah. 
but mm-hmm. he's going to not take no for an answer. And if he, if, bye, if you tell him, no, I'm moving on to the next one. So I take things like Luke Bryan, he's kept his great attitude throughout the entire thing. He's just this fun guy. Mm-hmm. So I find something that I glom onto with a lot of these artists. And then you, then you have a couple that you, that you have and you learn what not to do, you know, and, and I'm never going to be, you know, I'm never going to like call anybody out, but you watch that and go, oh, I can, I can see why maybe that album didn't work so well, or maybe <laughs> support you thought you were going to on that. Cause you totally not, you know, not, not yeah. always not a nice person. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, totally. And there's a, a different strokes for different folks is what my dad always told me. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my exactly. gosh. It's so, it's so fascinating. I'm, I'm sure you've just had some of the best conversations. So if you were, if you were interviewing yourself right now, what question would you ask yourself? Um, you know, the first thing, I don't know why I came to my mind is how long do you want to do this? Oh, like, how, like, you know, like, I don't know why that came to my mind. And no. I think it's because like, I'm really looking at like how things are changing in the industry. And so maybe it's, maybe it's me thinking of like, how is my next evolution going to happen? Or what maybe is the next thing I want to push? And like, you know, podcasts are amazing and they're, you know, and they're taking off and they're so intimate. And I love being interviewed because I'm never the one being interviewed. Yep. I'm doing it. So it's really fun to talk about, but I think that's been on my mind. Not that I want to leave. I don't, but how long do you want to do what you're doing right now before you do, before you excel or before you bump up? And I, I've said, I mean, like, I absolutely adore my partner and Brian and he is, he's been, you know, on national TV and all these things. So I, I feel like right now there's so many opportunities that he and I have teamed up together and the timing worked out that what comes next, I think maybe is a better way to say it than how long do you want to do it? But (laughs) what does come next? What, like, what really lights you up right now? Obviously you have Heels Kitchen. Um, but what would you like if, if time money and your network were unlimited, unlimited amount of resources, like what would you go do tomorrow? I think, um, I think I would push toward a bigger, uh, platform of a cooking show. I will always stick with radio because I really, that is my baby. And that's, you know, I have so much fun doing that from, you know, when something hits you at 11 years old and you know, you want to do it. That's what I always want to do. But if I had the opportunity, I think I would, because I really do believe in it. And we're talking about it at at like the baby steps of it, but I do believe that that there is a space for that. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I just wish I had more time to push it the way that I could right now, but it's, it's, it'll get there. You know, I, uh, you know, I don't also stop either or take no. <laughs> totally. I think you'd be so amazing having a podcast because you've already, you're basically, you basically have a podcast daily. It's yeah. just talking about different topics, but you'd be, you'd be incredible. And I'm, I'm, you're just amazing. This is awesome. Thank you. This I think, awesome. you know, when that happens, I know it's going to be, I want to, I want to keep it 100% real and not be bound to like what I can and can't say either. Like, I want to make sure. Yeah. Like if I'm going in, I want to go in, you know, <laughs> I'm going all in baby. Yeah. Like no, it's all fun, right? I know. I think, I think it's one of those things with podcasts, especially like it's like niche down as much as you can. And, and I think Laren and I have done a, a, a fine job of like niching down into the selling arena, but it's like, there's times where I'm like, wait, I just want to talk about something else. And, and that's okay because we can do yeah. whatever we want. Right. And that's, that's, what's beautiful about it. And you, well, you'd be amazing. Yeah, that's just it. It's like, it's the free zone of creativity and what, whatever you want to say. And like, I love, I mean, like you're such a great interviewer and it, it comes very naturally to you. And so I look mm-hmm. at like, then I get curious. Cause I'm usually going to interview you. I was like, I, I know. Like, so tell me. But <laughs> I'm usually the one being interviewed as well, except for the podcast. So it's, it's so, it's such a weird opposite. It's so fun though. I know. I love you do it. a very good job with it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, you know what the other thing is that and I've taken some good stuff from consultants too and to add to these women that you know that are want to be in this industry one of the best things that another thing that they told me is the mushy middle thing but the other thing is natural curiosity so when you're doing an interview that's and that's the thing that stuck out with you that I why I just said like you're very good because you're naturally curious you're not looking down at to like what you need to do or a list that you get to. When we talk about something, you naturally roll into like, oh, well, how about let's, let's explore that space or let's do this. Um, that's such a fun thing to take pressure off. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you become more in the conversation. 
you know, you just know that you're listening. You're like actually yeah. listening. That's something actually that it was a learned skill because I was not naturally curious. And I, I had a mentor tell me, he was like, do you want to be successful in this life? And I was like, yeah, he's like, you have to learn to be curious and interested in people versus interesting. And that always really stuck with me. And, and, you know, we did a few podcasts in the beginning and we had a list of questions and we tanked. We were so bad. I was so bad at having a list of questions. And so I was like, I just have to be present with people and be genuinely curious. And I, that's a huge, a huge lesson for people. That's your process though. That's those, that's those first steps in those first years in radio where it's like, aren't you thankful that that happened? So, so grateful. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. I mean, I, I see now you're interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> Switched it. <laughs> So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so lie, wasn't it? <laughs> what we, I, I, I 100% I'm going to go watch Heels Kitchen, like literally right after this, I'm going to go make a meal. Thank you. <laughs> I want to know what you made. I want to know which one you picked. <laughs> I know. Maybe we can do a cooking show sometime together. We can go alive. <laughs> but that would be fantastic. I would love to. That would be so much fun. Okay. So tell everyone where they can find you. And then we're going to put all of your information in the show notes as well. Oh, fun. So you can find me um, every morning, 98.5 KYGO from six to 10. Um, you'll see me on CBS pop in with Colorado review. I host that and um, heels kitchen. Um, you can find that on like KYGO.com YouTube um, probably KYGO is the best place to find that one right now too. Okay. And on Instagram where we live, uh, Tracy Dixon radio. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. This was such a blast. This was so much fun. I was really honored to be asked. So thank you. My pleasure. You're you're welcome back anytime. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. This was that episode not just so incredible. Tracy is such an amazing human being, so down to earth, so relatable, but also just such an incredible role model, I, I believe, for women. Uh, I enjoyed chatting with her so much. If you guys enjoyed this, reach out to Tracy, share this podcast on your stories, tag her at Tracy Dixon. I'm going to put all of her information where you can find her, her KYGO show and Heels Kitchen down below in the show notes. Uh, but Tracy, thank you so much. This was so incredible. But you guys, again, share this, leave a rating, leave a review. It means so much to us. Mention Tracy's name. Uh, but we're so excited about this podcast still. We're just continuing to roll with it. And we're just loving all the guests that we've had on. So hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we love the support. We love the love. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>